Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman, and I am the founder of Directional Ministries located here in Lynchburg, Virginia. This is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. I also serve churches in the areas of pulpit supply, conferences, retreats, and revivals as the Lord provides opportunity. If I can be of service to you or your ministry, I would love to hear from you. Let's go and open up our Bibles today to the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter number 6, verses 9 through 14. And I'm just going to wrap this uh, study up today in regards to the Lord's Prayer. Um, Matthew chapter number 6, verses 9 through 14. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Now, as we have been talking about the past couple of times that we've been together, the Lord here is instructing his disciples on how, on how they are to pray. And again, it's been improperly titled the Lord's Prayer. It should actually be called the Disciples' Prayer. For the Lord said, after this manner, therefore pray ye. The ye would be them and not him. And again, we have to get it into the context. We must look at the, the interpretation. We have to remember Jesus Christ was sent to the people of Israel, the law, the house of Israel. It was not until well after his ascension uh, that Christ sent Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles, and we are no longer under the law of Moses. So this prayer was for the Jews who were under the law of Moses to pray. Therefore, it is not necessarily ours to pray. So we just need to remember that. We need to give proper interpretation before we can make application. And again, unfortunately, most preaching and teaching today is applicational, very little interpretation. So what we're focusing on is how does this apply to the church today, the body of Christ? So we're looking at a topical message on prayer. And again, prayer may be, be best defined as having fellowship with God. It's more than just simply talking to God. It's talking with him. And then we're going to, we're looking at 10 elements of this prayer that we can find application for you and me today. The first is a personal relationship with God, our father. The word our signifies that there is a relationship. Okay, while the Bible nowhere presents the universal fatherhood of God, it does declare the universal brotherhood of believers because the word father signifies a relationship between God and the believer. And no, he is not everybody's father. Okay, you're either a child of the Lord or you're a child of the devil, one or the other. And then the second element is faith when it says in heaven. We have to take that by faith. I've never been there. You've never been there. There's an element of faith there. Faith is the confident belief, belief in the truth, the value, or the trustworthiness of a person, an idea, or a thing. And then the third element of the prayer is worship. Hallowed be thy name. Worship means to honor, to love as a deity, to regard with ardent or adoring esteem or devotion or to revere. We worship the Lord. Hallowed be thy name. And then the fourth element of the model prayer is thy kingdom come or what we call expectation. This kingdom is that blessed millennial kingdom spoken of so much in the Old 
Testament. We live in expectancy as the Church of Jesus Christ of the rapture. Then following the rapture will be the tribulation, and then the kingdom will be established. That very same kingdom that our Lord Jesus Christ wanted to establish at his first advent, but he was rejected. And then the fifth element of prayer is submission. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. We want the Lord's will to be done in earth as it is in heaven. I wish I could tell you right now that the Lord's will is always done. It is not always done. But we should seek the Lord's will. I've been many of a meeting, both spiritual and secular, <laughs> where we have always wanted the Lord's will to be done, but it is not necessarily always done. Now, there will come a day in the kingdom the millennial reign of Christ, that his will will be done. He will rule with a rod of iron, and it will be his will done all the time. Not sometimes, but all the time. So there is an element of submission in our prayers. We come to the Lord and we submit our will to his will. We want his will to be done. When we come to the Lord in prayer, we're not twisting his arm to do something for us that he would not otherwise want to do for us. Instead, we are coming to the Lord and asking our will to align to his already predetermined will. So the fifth element of prayer is submission. The sixth element of prayer is petition. Give us this day our daily bread. Okay, We're asking God to provide for us and there's nothing wrong with praying that God would meet our personal needs as long as we are as long as they are in his will. God's not going to give us something that he does not otherwise want to give us. Now certainly the devil I believe will do that but God will not. And then the seventh element is confession and forgive us our debts. Now please understand something. Uh, we do not receive forgiveness as we forgive our debtors today. We forgive because we have been forgiven. Did you get that? We do not receive forgiveness as we forgive our debtors. We forgive today because we are forgiven. Again, do not be tempted to spiritualize this passage. It is not for us today under grace. The blood of Christ will forgive us of every sin but not one excuse. Once we come to Christ by faith, listen to me, all of our sins, past, present, and future have been forgiven. So there's an element of confession and forgive us our debts. And then eighthly, there is an element of compassion as we forgive our debtors. Yes, we are to be people who forgive others always. We need to keep short accounts with people. As God has forgiven us, we should also forgive them. No buts about it. Now, forgiveness doesn't necessarily equate to forgetfulness. I mean, if someone has done us wrong, uh, I mean, we need to be wise, once bitten, twice shy. It doesn't mean that we need to put ourselves back out there to be harmed again. But we are to forgive. Now, I know we do the expression, uh, uh, forgive, forgiveness is forgiveness. Well, I wish in a perfect world, uh, people have done me wrong and I certainly do in my heart. I believe that I have forgiven them, but I can't in my heart tell you that I have forgotten. Okay. I can't say that. Uh, I, I have to use wisdom when I'm around some people, some people are just bent on hurting us on hurting us. And we need to be wise to that. 
but we do need to forgive. We need to move on. We need to push past it. We shouldn't allow unforgiveness to settle in our hearts because unforgiveness will turn quickly into bitterness. And bitterness, if we're not careful, will turn into hatred. We need to forgive others for our own sakes, not necessarily there. So we need to have compassion on people. And I'm reminded of Jesus as he looked down upon those who were crucifying him and he said father forgive them for they know not what they do that is the example he had compassion on even those who were hurting him compassion and then the ninth element is dependence and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil if 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 it should be understood that while god has never promised to keep us from temptation he has promised to preserve us in and through temptation. And the apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians, there has no temptation overtaken you except such as common demand, but God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that ye may be able to bear it. So we need to depend upon the Lord. He is the one that can deliver us. He is the, he is our deliverer if you will. So there's an element of dependence there in the Lord's prayer. And then finally, there is an element of acknowledgement. Why? For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. You know, King David actually anticipated this final part of Jesus's model prayer in second first Chronicles 29 10, when it says, wherefore, David blessed the Lord before all the congregation. And David said, blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our father forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom of Lord and thou art exalted as head above all there is an acknowledgement that is an essential element of prayer his is the kingdom his is the power his is the glory forever i'm reminded of a story of martin luther uh, the founder of the protestant reformation one day a little puppy happened to be at the table in which he was eating and he looked for a morsel from his master and he watched with open mouth with motionless eyes to which Martin Luther replied, Oh, if I could only pray the way this dog watches this piece of meat. All of his thoughts are concentrated on this piece of meat. Otherwise, he has no thought, wish, or hope. So these are the elements that I believe should accompany our prayers. There has to be an element of personal relationship with God, an element of faith, an element of worship, an element of expectation, an element of submission, an element of petition, an element of confession, an element of compassion, an element of dependence, and finally, an element of acknowledgement. hope that you've been blessed by this short topical study on prayer. God bless you guys. Hope that you have a great day. Remember that God loves you. He wants the best for you and he's working all things out for your good.